Welcome, it's indisputable, I'm your host, Rashad Richie, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than Jordan Mule. Game busters on Twitch, remarkable, fascinating person. Great analysis is to come. Top story of the day, Marjorie Taylor Greene says the problem is that white men do not have enough support, advocacy and representation at the United States Capitol. Also, Donald Trump has now threatened to run against the GOP. Fascinating. Let me take you to the Marjorie Taylor Greene footage, here it is. But the problem is Glenn, there's not a lot of lobbyists here for regular Mr. and Mrs. American. Um, you know, like mom and pop shops, um, the the single mom trying to make it, the 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 guy, the the average white male trying to climb the corporate ladder when when his problem is being white and male. Um, so there's not people in here fighting for for regular Americans. You just have lobbyists fighting for big corporations and industries. Whoa, wait a minute, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I thought you were against critical race theory. What you have just described is actually critical race theory. Yeah, obviously reversed, but the concept. I mean, you're saying that a white man cannot really get a fair shake in the United States of America. It is interesting to note that if you go back and look at that footage again, you will see the Marjorie Taylor Greene says, you know, I'm talking about regular Americans, Mr. and Mrs. America. I'm talking about mom and pop, so I'm talking about white people. Okay, remember, she went from Americans to then telling you what her definition of America actually means, white men. Well, it's interesting because Marjorie Taylor Greene is actually historically accurate. Only white men who own property could actually participate in democracy upon the founding of this nation. So when they say, we want to make America great again, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene for the first time has alluded to the error they are talking about. All right, so 88.8% of CEOs in America, CFOs, COOs included in 2022 were white. 88.1% were men. Thanks for fighting for the underdog Marge, tweeted Michigan State Board of Education member Mitchell Robinson. Marge should be assured that we will all keep it secret that white males are still big time in corporate USA, replied former Australia MP Laurie Ferguson. Last year, she attended the America First Political Action Conference, remember that? a white nationalist gathering organized by neo-Nazis and self-described Hitler supporter Nick Fuentes. She later backtracked and disavowed Fuentes and his ideology. She has also frequently claimed that white men are a persecuted identity. Isn't that interesting? Once again, she believes in critically thinking about race only when it applies to the race of white men. 
she's not even an advocate for white women. White women should be offended by this. There's more. Let me go to former President Donald Trump. All right, so former President Trump, well, he just laid something on him, has made it clear. He is willing to throw the GOP under the bus in 2024 if they do not choose him as their nominee. Effectively, a threat to hand the election to Democrats and burn it all down for Republicans. You know, Mitch McConnell actually said this a while ago. He said Donald Trump is going to burn the house down if he could. Well, here's the thing, McConnell. You're the one who gave him the keys to the home. You put his name on the lease and you let him buy it for $1. You sold your party cheap to a con man. And now that the con man has residential rights inside of your home known as the Republican Party, all of a sudden there's a problem. But you knew exactly who he was upon handing him the key and signing over the lease. You knew. There was no ambiguity about the character personality of Donald Trump. He was never a transformational candidate nor politician. He was always transactional. You like that about him because you thought it could deliver wins for you, increase your power, get corporations on your side. You now are faced with the reality of what you have done, McConnell and others. A defeated Trump. Could upend the GOP's 2024 nominee simply by forcing the candidate to choose between publicly dissing him and alienating MAGA voters or sucking up to him in a way that would undermine any talk of a fresh start for the party. Anyone who thinks Trump would not put his own pride ahead of the good of the Republican Party hasn't been paying attention. And I agree with Kilgore on that sentiment. This is the reality of Donald Trump. I think it's quite amazing that anyone in the Republican Party would be surprised by this. I think it's quite laughable that we should somehow act outraged by the actions of Donald Trump. No, I'm happy. I hope he splits the party, all right? Because honestly, probably the only way the Democrats are going to win in a presidential election cycle. So good for him. The Democrats are on it. Hopefully the DNC will partially fund Trump's independent campaign for president. All right, Jordan, thoughts brother. So Marjorie Taylor Greene's comments about how white men don't get a fair shake in our economy and Trump's overall strategy, both of these together represent the dangers of right wing populism. They pay lip service to this issue where corporations have outsized influence in our politics. She even names it. She talks about the proliferation of corporate lobbyists in Congress. But what they're doing is they're appealing and pandering to real economic anxiety that everybody feels and only speaking to the white experience in that class struggle. And for those people who are on the receiving end that they can relate to that, like white men, working class white men, sure, that's what they wanna hear. But what we need to do is talk about how these class issues affect everybody and create a more equitable multicultural society. That 
is how we create a more fair, equitable and judicial system. Like that is, that's the utopia, right? But what she's doing is so dangerous because it pits the enemy as people of color, as marginalized communities. That's not the enemy. The enemy is the capitalist class who are trying to keep your wages low, who are laying off people and replacing them with things like chat GPT. That's the danger, people who are union busting, that's the danger. It is not someone who doesn't look like you also vying for the same job. It is the boss, it is the capitalist class and it is the wealthy. Well said, so well said. Your enemy is never the person, it is the policy. They create a framework and then pit you against each other. They create a budget and say no more money is available. So you have to fight for these pennies we're going to give you and we fall for it. It is all an illusion, they are picking the plays. All right, we shall see exactly what Trump does in the future. We'll bring it to you as it develops. An update to an exclusive we cover right here on Indisputable. Remember the Uber driver who was attacked according to her and the police did not seem to want to investigate. Well, we got on top of it, an investigation happened. Let me remind you of the video, here it is. She is a musical entertainer, a writer, very talented individual. But that night she said she was in fear for her life. And she described right here on Indisputable, in all words, what happened to her. Here's the next video. Hi guys, this is my update from the assault that happened on me when I was driving for Uber. This is the very first report that I made that same day, 12-17-2022. As you can see, I'm the only victim. And at the bottom, I was driving a 2022 Tesla. DPD was first on the scene. This was my first detective that was taking the case. And he told me since further in the investigation that it has to go to MSP because it happened on the freeway in their district. When I got to MSP and gave them my report, I showed them a picture of this man, the man that strangled me when I was begging for help. And they started to freak out. They all right, now she did come to Indisputable after we covered the story and investigation was at that point ongoing. However, she said they wanted to close it out either that day or the day after and had not obtained the witnesses nor their statements on record as of yet. We said that is not acceptable. Now, there's a phone conversation, all right? A phone conversation she has where? There's a conflicting statement we must analyze. Here is Desiree on the phone with Trooper Chadwick Carpenter, who says they didn't know the man who choked her on the freeway. Here it is. Yeah, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure on the other males that were there. Um, like I said, I'm investigating the the assault that Nico committed on you. So. I hope you really uh, get all of this. So I don't know about other guys there or anything like that, and that really doesn't have anything to do with the assault. So, right. what about the man that choked me? What about? 
lot on. Did you have him too? Uh, we do not know who that is at this moment. Um, I'm trying to figure that out. Um, but we do not know who that is. So right now it remains a mystery. Oh my God. They don't know who it is, but the police responded. They were there. They don't know who it is. They responded. They were at the scene. They were supposed to at least know who was there involved. There's more. Trooper Carpenter on the phone with Desiree. Um, that was really interesting, right? But Desiree says Trooper's commander, who's a lieutenant named Lance Cartier, um, who says they do have the number of the man who choked her. Here it is. Um, yeah, see, Trooper Carpenter like said he has reached out to all three different numbers, the two that you gave me. And then also the other persons that drove the other uh, person home. Mm -hmm. But uh, he just can't get in touch with any of them. Like all three, both the two that you gave me for Amir and I forget the other lady's name. His name Bradley? Uh, yeah, yep. And then uh, like I said, there was another, the people that drove um, the guy that was in your car um, home from there. Uh, like I said, none of them are answering. Whoever drove him home, I don't know them. Well, I'm not saying you do. Like, I'm saying that they, he got a phone number for those people and he's tried calling them and they're not answering their phones either. The police are literally saying, hey, now we tried to call them. Nobody answered the phone. I don't know what they want us to do here. Wow. Uh, let's put her picture up for mass. Desiree Keys, a musician from Detroit, Michigan says she was driving her passenger in Uber. At that time she worked for Uber around 3 a.m. This was December 17th on Interstate 94 headed toward Detroit. Her passenger named Nico in the app, all right? Let me make that very clear. In the app, it says Nico started acting strangely according to her. He, according to the allegation, asked her, how she could afford such a nice car. Then she says, he made another request and said, can you sell me drugs according to the Uber driver? You're looking at the passenger from the video that we do have on record. When next she says he threatened to kill her. Key stopped on the interstate and demanded he get out. She told police the passenger grabbed her head by her weave and ripped one of her braids, slapped her and dumped his drink on her seats and got close to her face to push her. Now, I want you to keep that picture up. You see that substance on the seat? According to Miss Keys, she believes it was a form of liquid drugs. And the police at the scene refused to take a sample in order to confirm what the substance he dumped out was. Next, Keys and the eyewitness said a second man got out of his Dodge Ram to intervene, misreading the scene. She says the man 
put her in a chokehold. And according to her, this is the man in question. Now granted, the witness does say that the man misread the situation and thought something else was going down. Desiree says the blonde man choked her on the freeway and drove her abusive passenger home. Let me give you the current investigator, okay? Remember that first voice you heard? That's him, this is trooper Chadwick Carpenter. He is the current investigator. Initially, the witnesses, including Amir Nunn, said Indisputable was the first to contact her. Since our initial broadcast, she has given a statement to the police. Nunn described the free freeway fight scene to Indisputable. She said, and I quote, Everyone's like, as if she's the aggressor, she's the angry one. And the man that she was fighting, her attacker, he was also playing the victim as if he didn't provoke her to do what she did. She was defending herself was the point of the witness. She was defending herself because the guy continued to approach her aggressively to charge at her and to physically assault her according to the narrative, all right? Now, we made contact with her, no problem. None, she gave us a statement, but according to the popo, they could not find her. They could not reach her and they were going to close the investigation. There's more, both Lieutenant Lance Courier and Trooper Carpenter, the guy you just saw, have been in contact with Desiree Keys and their investigation remains open, open as of now. They identified her passenger by the first name Nicholas. Uh, Key's public records request to the Michigan State Troopers for the police report has now been delayed. They requested an additional 10 days to comply with the legally authorized command. You have a right to that information. Uh, and there's your request. All right, so everyone sees it should not take this much for what happened. You see a proper investigation in the front end of this would have resulted in an actual outcome that would not have to be televised. But because you decided to not engage in an appropriate manner, I'm talking to the police, because there was obvious neglect in the investigation, in my opinion, we're here. But I'm okay with us being here if we must. Now gentlemen, we can keep playing this game or you can simply investigate the matter as it is and present the evidence to the proper authorities and move on with your lives. Simple, do your damn jobs. Jordan, thoughts here. Hey, I'm mystified why the police can't do what they normally do in this situation, which is just physically go to someone's house or work or wherever they are and ask them, ask them questions, talk to them, get their statement. They have no problem doing that in other scenarios, and many of which we've covered on this show. You have spent the past couple of years covering stories where they'll show up and engage in acts of violence. But now, when they need to get a statement or interrogate a white man who held someone in a chokehold, they just make one or two phone calls and that's it. I, 
I, I you know that maybe they have really busy days uh, hiding behind a bridge where the uh, on parts of the freeway where the speed limit changes so they can give people tickets. Obviously, like it's it's much more important to do that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. We will obviously keep everyone updated on this saga. Hopefully, the investigation will be administered properly. All right, Miami and Columbus Police Department unveiled Black History Month vehicle. That'll do it, here it is. Columbus did it too. Even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I just can't with these people. Let's put those pictures up full mass. I got a few words. You see, I did some checking. Now, we see routinely individuals who engage in the let's all celebrate and love Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on Dr. King's day. Even though typically they are contrary to the political and policy agenda of Dr. King, they will somehow say to you, he stood for great things, even though they stand against the great things he stood for. Now we're in Black History Month, a celebration of black accomplishment, not only historical, but present. And let me say something about Black History Month. The same five or six black people, that were on the elementary walls when I was in school are on the elementary walls today. The original idea of Black History Month was not to simply celebrate the historical accomplishments of social leaders, but also the right now accomplishment of all black leaders in America. That's what it was for, it started as Negro History Week to highlight those two dynamics. The Columbus, Ohio, let's put it back up. Police Department made their big announcement on Twitter. The video has background audio of a speech made by Martin Luther King Jr. While cutting to spray painted words, including dreams, freedom, equality before revealing the cruiser. Now, Dr. King did have a speech and in that speech he said, I have a dream. He also had a conversation on national media after that speech. 
and said, my dream has turned into a nightmare. That's what the man believed before he left this earth. Now we could continue to curate a portion of his life and act as if it was the summary or the conclusion of his sentiment and it was not. After he gave that speech, the level of racism, the barriers that he faced afterwards gave him a different overview of America. And he explained that overview on NBC News. At that time, only 6% of white Americans had a favorable opinion of the nonviolent Dr. King. Isn't that interesting? Um, let's put up the post from Columbus Police Department. It says, introducing history one, our newest cruiser to celebrate the achievements of African Americans and recognize their roles and our history. Be on the lookout for history one in your neighborhood at a community event during, during February, Black History Month, hashtag. Um, you see, having a cruiser that says fight the power of Black History Month, I don't give a damn what you put on. When your policies are contrary to the sentiment of black folk, why would we care what kind of cruiser you roll up in? It's a confusing message. It seems to be a form of a form of manipulation. Now remember, our fight is not a fight for vehicles or rap cars or statues or streets named after black people or even holidays given to black folk. That is not the fight. I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm saying if you believe that is the goal, you have already been deceived by the powers that be. The goal is never an object. Goal is a policy. Policy is the social contract between community and government. Black people need a better social contract, not a damn wrapped police car. How is that helping black folks in your community? The Miami Police Department, let's go to them. Uh, range up in the you know upper 20% of killing more people than anybody else. So in the start of Black History Month Thursday, they came out with their new decorated cruiser, continent of Africa, as well as drawings of raised fist and a smattering of red, yellow, and green. Mm, keep that picture up. I wonder if I were to pose a question. Just a simple one. What does the red mean in that color spread you have representing Africa? Well, it means blood. I'm sure they don't know that the blood spilled on the ground, the blood of black people from Africa. The department held the official vehicle unveiling following a ceremony at the Black Police Precinct and Courthouse Museum in Miami. So in a Facebook post about, about the cruiser, the department said, and I quote, today we honor and celebrate Miami police black history with unveiling of our new black history vehicle. Among all of the officers who were in attendance to commemorate the unveiling were some of our very first black police officers. Wow, yes. All right, now, when are you gonna unveil the new policy? Huh? Where is the new policy? Where is the new contract? Where is the new paradigm shift so that black folk can receive fair treatment from members of law enforcement? 
Does the car at least come with a promise? There's more. The cars obviously drew criticism. This is a tone deaf moment, had no policy connected to it whatsoever. One social media user referenced the police scorecard website, which is dedicated to evaluating violence, accountability, and racial bias from the police force. According to the website, the Columbus Police Department has a rate higher than 99% of United States departments on killing by the police. There have also been 4,174 civilian complaints of police misconduct in that one department. And only 10% were ruled in favor of civilians from 2016 to 2021. Nearly 60% of all arrests were for low level nonviolent offenses from 2013 to 2021, I have more. In Miami, in Miami, the rate of killing individuals is 20% higher than that of every other police department in the United States of America. There have been 228 civilian complaints of misconduct where 14% were ruled in favor of civilians from 2018 to 2021. Over 75% of all arrests were low level nonviolent offenses, 2013 to 2021. Furthermore, in 2021, Accountable Now, which collects data on police use of force cases from law enforcement agencies around the United States, analyzed 1,128 incidents between 2017 and 2019 in Columbus and found that police most often use force against black people. Black residents comprise 29% of the population nearly of nearly 900,000, but were the subject of police use of force 52% of cases studied according to the findings of Accountable Now. Let me say this, I'm not actually upset about the vehicle. I don't give a damn about the vehicle one way or the other, all right? I really don't. I care about the policies that do not accompany the objects because we have played this game for so many years. Here's what the ideology is, give those Negroes a vehicle and they should be happy with it. That's the ideology behind that. They do it with street names, they do it with statues. Yes, this is part of their program, give them a holiday, that'll do it. While at the same time ignoring the reality of how policy creates light for those who are in a darkness due to adverse policy in their community. We need better policies, period. All right, Jordan, am I calling this wrong here, dear brother? What are your thoughts? You are spot on, as usual. This is a totally transparent and hollow move. I am so sick of these symbolic gestures with no substance behind them. You know, corporations love this kind of stuff. Try to hint or wink and nod at social issues to get fanfare, to get attention, to get positive PR while doing nothing to actually help address the real root of the problem. You know, police are the problem here. Painting a car or maybe getting a new car for themselves to celebrate Black History Month after all that they have done, like you pointed out, how many 
murders they have committed, how many instances of police brutality and misconduct they have committed, terrorize their communities through policies like broken windows policing and some cities jump outs, just systemic racism and bias in their policing and how they work together to protect and shield themselves from any sort of punishment. It is a slap in the face to do this. I. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was a joke when I first saw these videos yesterday. It is so insulting to the people and the communities that they have terrorized for years. Yeah, well said, dear brother. All right, we have more on the other side. Is indisputable stick and stay. Imagine you have an ex-husband who's about to get married and puts up a how we met excerpt on his wedding site. Now you may be wondering, why would the ex-wife be worried about what the ex-husband is writing? Come to find out, there were some discrepancies in the narrative. Roll the clip. So they met while stationed together in the military. That is true. After a year of getting breakfast at the galley together daily. Hmm. Um, let's think about that. That was when he was still married to me. So that was six years into our marriage. As you can see, this information comes to us from a TikToker named Jolly Good Ginger. She goes on to say, he started refusing to kiss me or even say goodbye on his way out the door. They were doing partner workouts. What he told me was that he was leading workouts on base every day for other service members. Six years into his and my marriage while we're actively in marriage therapy. But wait, there's more video. He told me that it was cheaper to eat on base every day because he ate a lot for breakfast because he worked out a lot. So he started rushing out the door in the morning to go eat there before work, which I was like, okay, cool. You know, that sounds good. More on the story from the Jolly Good Ginger. Okay. All right, now, damn it, I don't say it quite like that. I came across this on TikTok and I thought it was hella funny, all right? It is flattering. So this individual who impersonates me on TikTok, Empress of Trades, AKA Shermaine, released a video at the end of last month, captioned, how Dr. Rashad Richie gives tea instead of news. All right, so Empress, you have earned yourself an invite to the bullpen. All right, so make sure you hit us up. We'd love to have you on the show. I thought it was hella funny. All right, you got a lot of good content on your page too, but I don't talk like that. All right, got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Yo, don't listen to this guy. Why would I come back? I've been coming here for two. 
thinking? You guys want to do the same thing or not? Why would I come back here? Why would I come back here? Person what did I do? Hours, I looked at her and I asked her, and then, what is it all? Oh, so just tell me you want on 28. Cards. Cards uh, I've had for months. Tell the kids to go. Oh, I got more video. Uh, here's the thing. He's upset because they cut his drinks off, according to the narrative. They said, hey, you know, we have a responsibility. You're not able to drink anymore. Um, by the time he said, don't embarrass me, dog. By the time you make that statement, it's too late. It's time to wrap up. Just go ahead and exit stage left. Here's the rest of it. Yeah, that's the walk of shame. Now, here's the thing, all right? Everyone knows when a person engages in too much drinking, the establishment has a responsibility to cut you off. That's how it works, all right? Getting this upset is probably proof that you should be cut off. Just a suggestion. Mail carry. Jordan, thoughts here. Yeah, this is somebody who clearly has a drinking problem. If you reach that point where you're screaming at a bowling alley employee over not being able to keep drinking, you have a problem. Like that's just plain and simple. Like we've some of us have been there. Like it's just it's yeah. okay. Unfortunately, it's common. However, <laughs> when you sent this video over this morning to prepare, I couldn't help but think how funny it would be if he was yelling about them not letting him put the bumpers up. And I have been obsessed over the idea that this guy having this reaction over being told that he's too old to use the bumpers at the bowling alley. And I, that's just, that's dominated my, my brain like all morning. Only in your mind, dear brother, but I'm glad <laughs> that is funny. But I'm glad that you expressed it and you know gave us all a laugh, all right? Yeah, I can see him acting probably very similar. All right, one of the saddest stories you will hear Okay, there's a man, he gets shot by the cops going to clean, to clean his dead grandmother's home. Put up his picture full mass, completely avoidable, could have ended 
differently, for sure. Ohio, 26 year old Joe Frazier was shot by the police who believed he was a burglary suspect. When in actuality, he was simply cleaning out his late grandmother's home. He will later die the hospital. I'm going to give you the chilling background to this police encounter. Wyoming, Ohio, police said officers responded to an apartment building on the 300 block of Durrell Avenue shortly before 1 a.m. for a report that two to three people were trying to break into a residence. The 911 caller said the apartment should have been vacant. Responding officers heard activity at the rear of rear of the building and encountered Frazier and his father in the rear driveway. Let's put the police chief up. Okay. Her name is Chief Brooke Brady. Claimed that Frazier was in a minivan and refused commands to exit. Let me read this statement from the chief. The minivan reversed at a high rate of speed before hitting a tree at which the point the vehicle accelerated rapidly at our officers, she said. The officers fired four shots at the minivan as the minivan was accelerating towards them. With the vehicle smoking and the engine still running, our officers forced their way into the minivan and pulled Mr. Frazier from it. They then provided life-saving care and he was transported to University Hospital. His cause and manner of death have not been released. Uh, uh, he was 28, excuse me, he was 28 years of age. Uh, his, his manner of death was what the police did. There's more. Frazier's family has disputed that entire police account saying Frazier was not a burglary suspect. Rather, they say he and his father had been cleaning out an apartment his grandmother lived in before she recently died. NBC affiliate WLWT of Cincinnati reported. His sister Shonda Coleman told the station and I quote, I didn't hear none of that. I didn't hear no commands. All I heard was pop, 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 pop. Like it was like 10 rounds. Wyoming police are cooperating with the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office and the Hamilton County Prosecutor's Office in the investigation and review. Prosecutor Missy Powers will decide if any charges will be filed against the officers who fired their weapons. Now, listen, we're not the court of law here. We are the court of public opinion. He was not at that home burglarizing anybody. So does it make sense all of a sudden an individual who is still grieving the loss of his beloved grandmother, going to her house, going to her apartment to clean it up because this is what a dutiful family member does. All of a sudden he wants to now kill the police. Does this make sense to you? And then the chief coming out, with a statement absent of facts, 
How can you oversee an investigation when you have already concluded, Chief, that your officers were justified absent of actual evidence? There is no way this department nor the county sheriff's office should be in charge of this case. The reason is because too many damn cops work for the divisions, the police department, the sheriff's department, and they have variations of coordinated events and operations, etc. The friends, friends should not investigate friends. It's real simple. So this is one of the most extreme things I could think of happening to somebody who's mourning the death of their grandmother. And then the police department comes out with a contrary narrative based on the family's sentiment expressed. But this is why it's important to say something, to always speak up. Because when they're knocking on your neighbor's door, if we don't say anything, they will eventually knock on yours. And this is why our coalition is better together than separate. We all lose when there's police misconduct. We all lose when there's an incident like this that leads to the death of a man who should be alive. We all lose. All right, Jordan, thoughts here. This is tragic. I hope that people in that community, that it's a rural community north of Cincinnati, predominantly white. I hope people wake up. I hope it. It activates a new sense of justice and fairness within them. It's unfortunate that sometimes these instances are what it takes for people to finally recognize systemic problems when it affects them or someone around them. But also, it underscores this issue that I've had a problem with for a while. This kind of suburban panopticon where everyone feels like they're just cop or detective adjacent. Where these busybody suburbanites are spying on their neighbors or watching their neighbors, posting on next door about suspicious activity and watching the ring camera footage and everything is nefarious. And they live these paranoid lives where they're deeply suspicious of their neighbors. That is so unhealthy and it leads to moments and instances like this where someone is cleaning out a late relative's apartment and they have the police called on them and then they're killed. Like this, yeah. this should not happen. Just mind your own business and let people live their lives. It's so simple. Somebody is dead now. You got to think about this, dear brother. They just laid to rest the grandmother. Now they are laying to rest the grandson. This should not be. We were. We will bring you updates as they come with this story. We do not know if these cops will be charged. We have more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, we have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Biden flavor corn pop says, nice, get that chick on the bullpen, heart. All right, we're working on it. Oh, Jam says, what? LOL, that was great, talking about the impersonator. Uh, Texas says, she does a fantastic Dr. Richie. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. There you go, that's how I took it. Um, Guinea B or Jenny B 
Remember when the police used to show up and ask questions? What happened to that? Why is the first thing to shoot their guns instead? It's disgusting. Well, they get away with it, okay? And when you can publicly get away with murder, when you publicly get away with killing someone and no accountability, guess what? An industry like that will attract, Oh, killers. <laughs> if you are a killer, you would be attracted to being the police. I'm not saying all police are killers, obviously. But if a person was, what's the industry they would go into? That one. That's why 75% of cops in Ithaca, New York, or would be cops, passed basic training but could not pass the psychological evaluation. They weren't fit to be police officers. Um, all right, let's go to C. Michael Henson. Thank you, C. Michael. The male Karen actually doesn't have a drinking problem, he knows how to drink just fine. <laughs> LOL. That was funny. Locks. Dim fire, thank you for that. So are they going to break out the cruisers every February as a reminder that they're mocking us? Oh Yeah, oh, they're, going, they're going to break that thing out every time February 1 comes around, okay? Promise you that. Uh, Chi Chi Massey, member for seven months, double dose of thank you so much for your support. I wonder if those Black History Month police cars were made just to get a photo op of those departments arresting black people this month. Uh, the fish dancer, welcome to Indisputable Double Doser. We'll appreciate you. And let's do one more. Twitch. Um, Dem, Demi Kaistro. I'm sorry, I'm going to mess this completely up. My apologies. I would be too embarrassing. It would be too embarrassing for the cops to just let the van go. Uh, so they had to kill him. Talking about the man who was shot for doing a good deed for his family. Damn shame. All right, a former Memphis cop goes viral. Here it is. You know, I left the department in the end of 2021 after five years of service. And people ask me all the time, what do you think about the Tyree Nickel incident moving forward? And, and there are some points that I want to point out uh, after watching the video and kind of seeing what's been going on in Memphis uh, that I think will be really interesting to you. So two of the five officers I did patrol with personally and did have a personal relationship with two of the five. So I'm going to be talking from a personal standpoint and from a standpoint as a former Memphis police officer and what I see moving forward. And even though I know two of the five personally and I patrol with them personally and had a relationship with them, this in no way excuses any of their actions that partook about two weeks ago with the Tyree Nichols incident. All right, that is a good setup. He said it does not excuse them just because I know them. I understand that sentiment. There's more, here it is. The first thing I want to talk about, which is utter BS, is you'll see a lot of conservatives, excuse me, conservatives, you see a lot of former conservatives that say, why did he run? He would still be alive if he ran. That's not a guarantee. So the first thing that came out was that this all started because this was a reckless driving. But now the chief of the department is saying that there is no evidence of reckless driving, which means you can't say that if he never ran, that he would still be alive when the stop was illegal in the first place. Now, I have had to pull out people, rip people out of a car aggressively at gunpoint with foul language many a times. But most of those people were murderers, robbers, sexual assaulters, the worst of the worst, where you needed to meet violence with violence. Never once did I put my gun in the face of somebody who I suppose for reckless driving, right? So from the get-go, you have a man who was not guilty of anything fleeing from the police because he's scared because he doesn't even know why he's getting pulled over in such an aggressive manner. So as a black male, I probably would have ran too, and I was the police for five years. He makes an interesting but true statement. Now, he also said uh, said that 
he didn't know why he was being pulled over talking about Mr. Nichols. Maybe he did, maybe that's why he ran, who knows? Nobody will actually know because he's dead. He has no due process anymore. Here's another video. Number two, there is no way, form or fashion that you take a police boot and you strike a man's face multiple times while he's on the ground. No form, no way, no fashion, there is no way that that is excusable. I don't care who you're fighting, a kick to the face right here, that can be lethal. And unless you're trying to intentionally kill somebody, that is not a tactic that is taught, nor should ever be used. Number three, if you are a police officer, I don't care how cool you are people, you never, ever, ever let your fellow officer do anything that you wouldn't let be done to you. You are just as guilty as the lynch mobs who used to lynch black people and watch them die and get lynched, even though they never put a hand on them. You are just as guilty. And my last point, everybody from the beaters to the paramedics to the regular officers on the scene that stood there and watched is going to lose their job and should. Because once you look at somebody, no matter what crime they did, and you take the human out of them, you have now also lost your humanity and now your freedom. Let's put this picture up. Brandon Williams is his name. I wish he was still a cop, to be honest with you. Brandon Williams grew up in the same area he patrolled in East Memphis. That means he could see the humanity in the people he patrolled, they raised him. While he now lives in Dallas and is no longer an officer, he turned to TikTok to speak out about the Tyree Nichols murder. Williams TikTok video has more than 600,000 views. And he said he'll continue answering questions as the investigation continues. He has done so far in two other videos specifically addressing rumors circulating around the case. Now, thank you, dear brother. Thank you for providing context and authentic truth to the reality that this never should have happened. These cops should be held accountable, even if you do know them. And at the end of it, the arrest or the stop was not justified. The police chief went on national television and said, we have no evidence of reckless driving. The Scorpion unit was created to stop reckless driving. That was part of their mission. No prerequisite of reckless driving can be found. Um, we need current cops. You see, and that's the issue right there. A current cop can't say this. Why? Why can't a current cop say something about crime? You have to remember they are in the arena in the industry of law enforcement. They are supposed to be Righteous administrators of the doctrine we know as statutory law. They can talk about crime. They can talk about criminals. They can talk about gangs. They can talk about people who rob. But then when the criminal, when the gangster is a cop, all of a sudden they are not allowed to speak about that. All right, join the thoughts here. Yeah, I thought this was really interesting. Um, he seems to have a lot more faith in the system. 
than most people. Uh, he seemed pretty confident that everybody who was in any way connected uh, in addition to losing their jobs is also going to go to jail. I don't know. I really, I, I hope so, uh, but I don't know, we'll, we'll see. The system is so rigged uh, that I, I have very little confidence. It's a shock that when we see one or two cops a year go to prison, serve any sentence whatsoever, it's, it is surprising. So I don't necessarily share his optimism in that regard, but it was interesting to see an inside perspective on this case and hear someone who was even broadly within the world of the police condemning it. Yeah, need more like them, need more like them. All right, remember the story about the nine year old black child who had the police called on her by a former elected official out of New Jersey? Well, we have an update, she has received a high honor. Now, let me remind you of what happened, here it is. There's a little, little black woman walking and spraying stuff on the sidewalks and trees on Elizabeth and Florence. I don't know what the hell she's doing, it scares me though. Do you have uh, any like clothing description or anything? Uh, she's a real, real small woman, real, real tiny. Uh, she's got a hood on, uh, you can't miss. There it is, uh, a small, very, very small black woman uh, with a hoodie on, um, that's it. That's all, that's all it requires. This man was in charge of making policy, okay? So he calls the police on a nine year old baby, on a nine year old baby, calls the cops, all right? Let's go to this, here it is. Hi, how are you? What's going on? Is that your mom? What's that? Oh, what are you using to spot there? You're trying to catch him? Is this your mom coming down the street? Okay. Someone just called in and said that she was alone spraying something on the grass. She's catching the. I see that. Oh, you know Gordon? Yeah. Okay. Can I just get your information? Sure. I'm sorry. Joseph. Are you serious? Yeah, I guess he saw it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Does he not live across the street from me? I thought, wow, she's doing a school project. Yeah, someone else helped her. She's like, get She's infested. She's obviously fine. You're obviously next door neighbors. I yelled at him one of his his right. No. No, you're not in trouble. How many did you kill? How many trees did you save? They're bad. The officer was actually quite warm and appropriate. Now, he did have a conversation with the person who called the police. It's water. She's catching lantern flies. She really? She said she lives right here. Yeah, she's catching lantern flies. All right, I'll see, I'll see you later. Yeah, see you later, jerk. Put up the picture of the man who called the police and the child he called the police on, okay? Now remember, this man is a former New Jersey councilman, was in charge of policy. And he said he was just afraid, he was terrified, didn't know what was going on. So a little black person with a hoodie on, on his street. Former Caldwell, New Jersey council member Gordon Lachey called the police on the nine year old Bobby Wilson. Following the incident, 
Little Bobby and her family were invited to tour Yale by Dr. Opara, assistant Yale professor and director of the SASH lab. The university will go on to enter this young nine year old into a collection, a competition or a collection of 27 spotted lanternflies, an extremely invasive species that is harmful to trees and other plants. That was the experiment she was doing. They have now placed her into the Peabody Museum of Natural History database. Boom, there it is. Already a Yale super superstar uh, to the young nine year old. You have greatness written all over you. That's why you have that kind of opposition from jealous men like the former politician. But you continue to do what you're doing because there are individuals inside of the village who will always honor you, who will always promote you and who will work to protect you. Keep that brilliance going, care about the environment, care about your local community. I'm proud of you, all right? Join the thoughts. Yeah, this is a nice heartwarming outcome for what started as a really troubling story. And to go back to what we talked about a few stories ago, it is so simple. Just let your neighbors live their lives. Yep. <laughs> like I, I really don't understand this like obsession over what everyone is doing in your neighborhood and how somehow it is suspicious and worth calling the police over. This is a kid, and that reminds me of unfortunately. Tamir Rice, you know the the description to the dispatcher and the police, their purported understanding of his age was vastly inflated. And this is something we see time and time again yep. with black children. Through the police and through the eyes of white neighbors and community members, their age is always seen as much much higher than it actually is. You know, Tamir Rice was a child and he was described as a full grown adult waving a gun on a parking on, on a playground. He he kept saying this girl was a woman, a short woman. Yep. She's that short. Just why isn't your inclination that she's a kid? Mm-hmm. And it just shows like the systemic bias within white communities. My dear brother, always a pleasure having your insight and commentary on indisputable. Tell people they can follow you, check out your great work. Sure, I'm on Twitter at Jordan Yule, and you can catch me on Twitch, TYT at 8:30 on Friday nights. Thank you, my dear brother. Always a pleasure. Thanks. All right, we got more on the other side. The bullpen is next. Stick and stay. Welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these comments. All is well. 714. Thank you for that. I'm a former officer and I totally agree with every word he said, talking about the former Memphis cop who went viral. Uh, Chichi Massey, member for seven months, double doser level. Thank you so much for the support. I wonder if those Black History Month police cars were made just to get a photo op of those departments arresting black people this month. The Fisher, the fish dancer, welcome double doser. Um, we appreciate all the support. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. To the bullpen. In the bullpen today, my dear brother from another mother, politically misguided, yes, Shelly Winter, 95.5 WSB, radio superstar and noted conservative. Shelly, good day, welcome. What's going on, my brother? Congratulations on all your success, my brother. 
Thank you, dear brother. Wish I could say the same for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, congratulations to you too, man. <laughs> Got your that one, All right, you'll be okay, walked, brother. All right. I walked into that one. You walked into, into it, brother. I walked you, into that you know, one. Don't worry, you'll give it back to me. Kudos. All right. Oh, I, oh, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm yeah, I waiting. know you wait just for the right moment. All How's right. it going, brother? I'm doing good, brother. You doing yes, well? Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, Shelly and our friends, most who watch the program are aware that he is on the right, I'm on the left, uh, naturally. We're gonna talk about the Tyree Nichols um, killing, what this means for policing, and specifically, what should this mean for police reform? Because according to Republicans, it shouldn't mean much of anything. I don't want to assume what you believe about the sentiment of police reform and the killing of Tyree Nichols, so if you would, disturb. Give us your sentiment and I will then opine. Oh, I, I, mean, I think we're, we're all on the same page on this from the standpoint of this was a disgusting act. Um, it was thugs, animal behavior by animals and thugs, whether you know the fact that they're cops, uh, police officers made it that much worse. But I mean, this is, this is sickening what we saw. Um, as far as police reform, most Republicans are for police reform. They're for more training, uh, they're for funding of more training. The, the hang up in the George Floyd Act with most Republicans seems to be, and this is based on me talking to the likes of Tim Scott and others, uh, has to do with qualified immunity. Um, I, I go back and forth quite honestly, I get qualified uh, immunity. I don't like it as a small government conservative, I feel the people should be completely able to sue their government for whatever reasons. But I do understand that as soon as you get rid of qualified immunity for police officers, you're gonna have a slew of 1-800-CALL-ME lawyer ads saying, have you been arrested for driving drunk? Call me so we can sue the police. So I go back and forth on it, but most Republicans are not against police reform. I think that's a mischaracterization. Let me talk about that. Because I think I may be able to convince you to come on the other side of the fence and give me an opportunity to do so. When you know the origin of a thing, you can then determine the nature of a thing. The origin of qualified immunity was to create a barrier between cops in the South in particular, who were committing violence against black people in the movement and whites that supported the movement. And so this concept, this doctrine, this judicial doctrine of qualified immunity begun. And it was to protect the physical assets of the police officer's ownings, the home, the vehicle, etc. And it successfully did so. So now you have a completely different set of rules for a government worker that cannot apply to anyone else. So that's number one, the origin of a thing can tell you the nature of a thing. That's number one. Number two, in, in, the, in the final version of the bill, because remember, this bill got warded down. I'm going to read to you the final version of the bill. This is the one that Democrats said, all right, Tim, all right, Senator Scott, here's our watered down version. The part that you're talking about says, this bill will limit qualified immunity as a defense to liability in a private civil action against a law enforcement officer. 
Why is that problematic? It only limits it and one of the ways it would have limited it is by having a judge make the decision to set aside qualified immunity. So even in the final version of the bill, it did not eliminate qualified immunity. It only provided an opportunity for someone to make a decision case by case. And then thirdly, dear brother, when we say, well, this is going to be a problem, a bunch of 1-800 numbers, lawyers are going to say, call me, you're damn right, they should. If the police are breaking the law, you should have proper representation. Medical doctors, hold on dear brother, medical doctors, they have the same liability standards. They're a licensed profession, psychiatrists, same liability standards. They are a licensed profession. So why can't cops have that same standard, dear brother? Because when I go to a doctor, my dear brother, I am not, I'm going to the doctor. The doctor's not dragging me away that I'm kicking and screaming, not wanting to. No one wants to be arrested, my dear brother. Most people who get arrested, most people get arrested, don't want to be arrested. So there's going to be an interaction between the officer and the person being arrested by virtue of the fact that most people don't want to be arrested. But, so but I hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold okay. on, I'll let you talk. So the other part of it is Clarence Thomas of all people, you know, the person that you guys call names is the one who is pushing loudly about qualified immunity. And he's pushing back against it. Forget the origin of a thing because I know everything from your standpoint goes back to slavery, racism, or white supremacy. But no, the fact Everything hold on, hold on, but Clarence Thomas doesn't like qualified immunity. And, yeah. the virtue, and the reason why most conservatives don't like it Good. as a premise is because it doesn't tie into conservatism and the idea of small government and freedom. However, yeah. that being said, when you talk about limited qualified immunity, it's still going to expand. I'm not saying that's why Republicans are against the Georgia Reform Act. That's the the Democrats watered it down. I think if you take it out completely, it will pass. I think that's the hang up based on what I'm hearing from people. But I also believe this, the George Floyd Act, just like body cams, when you guys got all excited about body cams, when Eric Holder put put forth those uh, that law right now, it means that George Floyd Act will be nothing towards police brutality. It's not gonna stop it. It's it, bad police are gonna still be bad police. You'll okay. be able to get paid off of it because you'll be a newly minted lawyer. So you'll be able to collect a million dollar settlement out of it, but it's not gonna change anything. Bad police are bad police. All we right. need to get rid of them completely. All right, so let me respond to that. Uh, number <laughs> one, this is an industry standard. If you want to get rid of bad actors within a particular industry, you have to enact new rules and you have to enforce them. Or you have to dogmatically enforce the rules that you have not enforced. There's a cultural dynamic that has to transform in order for your conclusion to even happen. So that's one. Let me go back to a dynamic connected to police reform in America. You're right on the sentiment that the vast majority of Republicans, Republican voters in particular, are for police reform. As a matter of fact, 96% of Americans are for some level of police reform. It is the one item, one of the very few items where everybody is pretty much in agreement that reform needs to take place. However, the police unions don't want reform. The police officers do not typically want reform, even though the sentiment is expressed by the majority of Americans. You don't see a congruent reaction inside of the industry of policing that matches the sentiment of the average voter. That is a problem, dear brother, is it not? 
Of course it is, of course it is. We pay their salaries, so of yeah. course it is a problem. Um, but I think we can get to police reform um, if we can have a normal conversation around it and not, I would say, republicanize or, or Democrat Democrat demonize the teams of uh, negotiating. So, so let's this. do this, I think, we only got one minute. I think minute. we'll get to police reform. All right, we got one minute left. So out of the George Floyd Act, the Policing and Accountability Act, Aside from the qualified immunity standard, which by the way, has a lot of ambiguity, different ways you can do it, case by case basis, etc. Right. We know it doesn't eliminate qualified immunity, it's still there. Yeah. Set that aside, do you have a problem with anything else in the bill? And not really, the only thing is the, the list, the master the database. list of that, the database. I think I, that's I the most, that's one of the on, most transparent on, things about the bill, go ahead. I, I love that part of the bill. My problem is I want it to only be when an officer is actually found guilty or found uh, uh, um, uh, punishable by grand jury, judge, whatever. I don't want it to be a list of officers who've been accused by some perp that he beat him up in a jail cell one time and now he's in some database. That's my only concern. I know what databases look like when they start off with all good intentions. And this is a good intention, I love the database idea. I just wanna make sure it doesn't tie up accusations and mix accusations up with actual behavior. Just wait a minute, That's my brother. Thing. Okay, so here's my response to that. Because I know 99% of all police officers are good people. All right, so hell no, I definitely don't believe 99%, number yeah. one. Yeah. But let me let me make it very clear. Uh, less than 1% of the civilian population will ever give the police some level of aggression during an arrest, less than 1%. Also, if you don't want them to have a database that includes the um, charge or what someone has said. Remember, your charges are still on your record. My charges I, are still on my, like whatever we're charged with is still right. on our record. I even totally, if we've never been I, convicted. I totally, so why I totally is it, dear, dear brother, when a civilian charges a cop, right. you don't want that on their record? Because I know there's a financial incentive for the civilian to charge the cop. There's what? a financial there's well, an incentive we, for the cop to charge and overcharge black folk. But that's that's not the cop. The cop, the cop doesn't necessarily charge you. The DA oh, or the prosecutor charges brother, you. That, there you is know a that. You know that. When Cops I go, have when the I go, ability to create the charging to, docket from the go. And when you I go to and, and when I go to court and I say yes, your honor, what's it? Oh, you're fined two hundred dollars. I pay the two hundred dollars and I keep it moving. All right. It's off. My, it's off my thing. I'm just saying that's my only problem. I'm okay. not saying I'm against this. I'm saying that's my only issue. All right. Um, they can see your background, I wanna see theirs. I appreciate you, dear brother, thank you for coming uh, yes on. Yes sir, yes sir, okay. my brother, love you brother. Love you back, man, all right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable, I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today, but what do we do on this show? We tell the truth, you know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here, congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. People still need healthcare, so I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform throughout this country, so I won't stop, and you won't stop either.